Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And then from Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Amen. John, before you uh, open God's word for us, let us pray for you. Loving God, we thank you for bringing John to us this morning. And as he opens up your word to us, speak through him, we pray. In the present and inspire us for the journey ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. It's good to be here again. Um, thank you for your always warm welcome. I bring greetings from um, Romsey Baptist Church, and apologies for absence, so to speak, from Sheila, my wife. She's involved in our young people's work uh, this morning. Um, people are very kind here, and they often ask uh, about any, any family news. You remember we are the ones who had the, the twins, commonly known as the jellies. Um, well, I'm pleased to say they're, they're beginning to look chubby, uh, which is always a good sign, isn't it? They were born last August. We saw them on Friday. In fact, tomorrow, the 12 of us, that's our two boys, their wives, and the, the six grandchildren, we're all spending a week's holiday together, first time ever, uh, in the Weymouth area. We're not quite in the same accommodation. Um, I think Matthew and family have got a mobile home. We've got our little camper van on the same site, and Tim and family are, are staying on a, on a farm nearby. And so we're not quite in, in, in each other's pockets all week, but um, we've already been booked in for various uh, child-minding duties. Uh, but thank you for your concern, especially for the twins. Um, they, are, they are slowly but surely coming on, which is just fantastic news. Um, I'm delighted to be part of your um, series on the fruit of the Spirit uh, this morning. There, and there are many fruits of the Spirit, aren't there? Nine of them are listed in, in Galatians 5.22. And today we're looking at faithfulness and perseverance, although the starting verse is actually 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 4. Not written necessarily by Paul, by Paul or Silas or Timothy, as it says in verse 1. And this verse says, therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith. 
in all the persecutions and trials that you are enduring. Like many things, I don't really understand the Holy Spirit. But this I do understand, that all Christians have the Holy Spirit living inside them, and that since Jesus is no longer here with us bodily, that his power and presence is with us in the form of the Holy Spirit, an inner prompting which we need to be aware of. But how do others know that we are believers? We don't all wear a badge. We don't all smile all the time. I've been here for just over an hour, and you look normal. <laughs> Most of you, anyway. <laughs> Except I will never forget people on their hands and knees <laughs> doing that. Um, and so, how do we tell that people um, are believers? Well, one of the answers is because we've got the Holy Spirit living inside us, and by our fruit. I go to church regularly. That doesn't make you a Christian. Ah, but I support Wilton Baptist financially. I'm sure that Wilton Baptist is, is very grateful for that, but it doesn't make you a Christian. The clincher, yes, but I've been baptised. That's brilliant. That's a clear sign of obedience, but in itself, of course, doesn't make you a Christian. Come on, John. I'm really nice. Mm. What makes you a Christian? Well, one of the answers is that you have the Holy Spirit living inside you. Now, that's easy to say, but how can you tell that you have, how can others tell that you have the Holy Spirit living inside you when you can't see the Holy Spirit? Because they can see the fruit of the Spirit. I've got a simple illustration which I think fits this quite well. When we moved to Romsey uh, 31 years ago, we were house hunting in the um, October-November half-term holiday. And um, there were hardly any leaves on trees at that time of year. And there was, and probably still is, um, a tree in the, in the back garden. I asked the estate agent, what type of tree is it? Don't know, came the reply. And so we had to wait until well into the following year before we found out that it was a damson tree. Only when we found out, what we could only find out what type of tree it was because of the fruit it produced. It says in Matthew, by their fruits you will know them. So how do others know that we have the Holy Spirit living inside us? Because we produce the fruit. And today's fruit, two fruits, faithfulness and perseverance. Firstly, but only briefly, I want to mention Jesus' faithfulness. I think that one of the most remarkable verses in the whole Bible is Luke 22, 42, when Jesus says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus was clearly fully God, but also in ways I don't really understand, he was also fully human too. 
and hardly any verse in the Bible demonstrates this more. Yet not my will, but yours be done. From a, from a human point of view, even Jesus seems not what to want to be faithful. But the next verse helps us out a bit, as it says, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. So if the great and one and only Son of God um, could, might have found faithfulness and perseverance to be an issue, then that's some encouragement to me. He was obedient. But, and I want to say this really respectfully and not being accused of being heretical, I sometimes think that the example of Jesus is too good for us to follow. I'm not trying to lower our expectations, and we should always aim to follow Jesus' example. But, and I hope that I'm not speaking just on, on my behalf this morning, that is just not going to happen. That's why I found it quite an interesting challenge to think this morning through. Why? Because I've heard many sermons on faithfulness, but always God's faithfulness. But today we're considering our faithfulness and perseverance. And I've heard many sermons about faith, but we're not really considering our faith today, essential as that is. I'm purposely going to restrict myself to the specific themes of our perseverance and our faith. So, what's it mean? My dictionary at home says, to follow through with a commitment regardless of difficulty. Spot on. It would be, wouldn't it? Because it's a dictionary. In the Christian context, I might say something like, faithfulness and perseverance is love hanging on. I will not give up. I will not quit. There, there will sometimes be discouragements and disappointments and misunderstandings, but I will not quit. Love hanging on. And I wonder if it's not such a popular idea nowadays. Some people don't seem to need it anymore. Um, I want to ask Keith to put up a photograph. Um, uh, apologies to Keith, because this photograph I only thought of late Friday night and didn't get in the original um, um, uh, the plan, which, uh, PowerPoint, which my friend Vic does. I don't know if you go walking in the New Forest at all, but there's a lovely village called Minstead, and um, it's got a lovely church, it's an interesting story. I was on a walk with the others um, not so long ago, and the person who um, led the walk drew our attention to one particular gravestone. Now, it's difficult, the photograph isn't good, it's difficult to read. This is what it says. Sacred to the memory of Thomas White, who died 31st of October, 1842, aged 81 years, a faithful friend, a father dear, a faithful husband lies buried here. But it doesn't say that. Is there a pointer on here? Um, if you look carefully, on the left-hand side, you can see a rectangle which looks different from, from the rest. And when Thomas White's widow, after she put the gravestone up, she found out that he hadn't been a faithful <laughs> husband. And she paid for a stonemason to obliterate 
the word faithful from his tombstone. It's there now. I reckon if you ever find yourself in New Forest, look it up um, in Minstead Churchyard. Obviously, there's quite a story uh, behind that, isn't there? It was our wedding anniversary not so long ago, and when I was choosing a card, I even saw one which said, I can't promise you forever, but I can promise you today. And that's about as deep a commitment as some are willing to make. I'm not saying, of course, that all marriages must last forever. There are many reasons why marriages don't work out, and divorce isn't the unforgivable sin. But our Christian aim should always be faithfulness and perseverance, love hanging on. However, I'm a practical chap. and So what does faithfulness and perseverance mean in practice? I've tried to think of several ways in which this can be difficult for us, and I'm going to mention them briefly now. And if we are not challenged by at least one of them, then either we are super-Christians, or, or, or we're deceiving ourselves. I'm challenged by several of them. They're in no particular order, just as I thought of them. And neither is it an exclusive list. Firstly, in our stewardship, in our use of money, I have no idea what the, state, the financial state of Wilton Baptist Church is in. And neither am I saying that we should give our complete tithe to the local church. We don't. But the Bible is pretty clear that at least a tenth of our income should be given to God's work in one way or another. With the present cost of living crisis, the price of food and the price of fuel and wages not keeping up with inflation, this is a definite challenge for many of us. Some of us would say that we don't really start uh, sacrificial giving until we go beyond the 10%. I don't know about that. What I do know is 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7, say, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should give what they have decided in their heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. <clears throat> Faithfulness and perseverance in our use of money. In service. <clears throat> what is your role in church? Personally, I'm convinced that roles are different, but equally important. And if you uh, faithfully visit someone week in and week out, then I think it's just as important as anyone taking a service. Wouldn't it be awful if everybody felt right just to take services? Wouldn't it be awful if everybody felt it was right just to visit others? We each have our, our role to play. Now, you'll be familiar, probably, with the passage in 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul compares our, 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 our Christian roles with that of a body. Now, it's a bit long, but it's worth it. I'm going to read quite a little bit of it from 1 Corinthians 12, Verses 14 to 22. Lovely words. And if you remember nothing else, remember this this morning. Verses 14 to 22. The body is, made up of, um, is not made up of one part, but of many. 
If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So if you think you have a minor role, you are, in fact, indispensable. God sees things differently. Persevere. Remain faithful in service. Remain faithful in difficult times. It's easy to trust God when things are going well. There's no sin in things going well. We don't always have to be in a crisis. But sometimes we are in a crisis. In Romsey Baptist, we have a wonderful Christian family with three teenage daughters, one of whom has tried for months repeatedly to end her life. Now, the details aren't for today, and clearly there's been a lot of medical and professional involvement. But recently, the dad, who's also one of our worship leaders, stood up and thanked the church for all the support that they had received. But he didn't stand up and say that life was good. He stood up and said that life was grim. Life was difficult. The stress, the worry, and the sleepless nights that they have had are beyond imagining. We met the mum recently in, in Aldi, and quite spontaneously, the mum and Sheila gave each other the most tremendously long hug in the middle aisle, would you believe, of course, both bursting into tears. Does that ring a bell? Trust God in the difficult times. I mentioned marriages earlier. Now, Christians are notoriously good at keeping marriages together, and that's fair enough, but it's possible that somebody here this morning is being tempted to look elsewhere. And I'm not trying to minimise that temptation and condemn anybody as sinful. But maybe you should see it just as that, as a temptation. Again, it's no sin to be tempted. Jesus was tempted. But faithfulness and perseverance in marriage is clearly encouraged in the Bible. My wedding vow was to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until death do us part. And I think except for the until death do us part, she and I have experienced all the highs and all the lows in, in that statement. And life isn't always easy, even in a marriage. Faithfulness and perseverance in our witnessing. I don't know about you, but I don't find it easy to, to witness. But just because it's something is difficult 
doesn't mean that we should ignore it. Firstly, though, I would say that we are all witnesses, whether we like it or not. In Acts um, 1.18, Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. Make no mistake about it. Whether you've ever told your neighbour that you're a Christian or you, or you go to church, they'll know. They'll know whether you've helped out at a difficult time. They'll know whether you drive safely and well. They'll know whether you were a good neighbour just when they, when they needed it or not. Oh yes, we're being witnesses all the time, whether, whether we like it or not. But of course, there, there's more to it than that. I love the verse in 1 Peter 3, familiar verse. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. What, what sensible, what obvious, what good advice, what wonderful words. Or maybe at school or at college or at work that you need to, to show faithfulness and perseverance in witnessing. It's not trendy nowadays to say that you go to church, but there's no shame in saying it. Faithfulness and perseverance in prayer. Have you been praying faithfully or not so faithfully for someone or a specific situation? Romans 12 verse 12 um, says, be faithful in prayer. I'm glad that verse is there because it needs saying. I often start praying with great enthusiasm for someone or something, but it can tail off. Now, I don't know what this church offers, but in Romsey, we produce every year um, a prayer diary. And it's very simple. We've got our motto verse in the front, and all the regular church attendants and members, with their permission, of course, are listed uh, inside here. And it's divided into 30 days, um, and we add, of course, other things to it as the year goes on. And so we pray, in theory, but we sometimes forget, of course, at least we, we try to pray for each other once a month. Once a month isn't enough. Once a month, month isn't enough, or good enough, but it's better than nothing. All our churches have their own methods, but let's show faithfulness and perseverance in prayer. Faithfulness and perseverance in truth. Quite rightly, we are all encouraged nowadays to be tolerant of other beliefs, and I don't have a problem with that. But the Bible makes it quite clear that there is only one way to heaven, through Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ alone. Now, in some countries, I would be arrested, or worse, for saying that. But we need to stick to the truth. The truth is sometimes <clears throat> uncomfortable. What is the truth? The Bible. God's word. This is the truth. I know it's nothing to do with me, but I felt it right to say, and I don't know what stage you're at, but I think you might be looking for a new minister. Great. But when it comes to the question and answer stage, make sure that you ask him or her their position on the authority of Scripture. The Bible isn't just important. It's essential. They might be 
the nicest person around and preach with greater fluency than I ever will, but biblical truth is more important. Faithfulness and perseverance in truth. Faithfulness and perseverance in following the Lord. Now this is all about day-to-day routine Christian living. There are at least three basics of the Christian life, Bible reading, prayer, and church attendance. Bible reading, how's it going? Are you, are you disciplined enough to read the Bible every day? Notice this, you have to. But I don't think we can just rely on the Bible being read to us on a Sunday once a week. Prayer, well I mentioned that earlier so I won't repeat it except to say that it's not an optional extra. It's more like a, a prerequisite of the Christian life. Church attendance. Well, you're here, which is great. Well done. With our busyness, it's difficult, isn't it, to make church attendance a priority. But I think it will help with all these examples of faithfulness and perseverance that I'm mentioning. The next aspect is faithfulness and perseverance unto death, to the end. Now, to be honest, I hesitated a lot before including this, because in the Bible, it normally refers to being persecuted to death. In fact, that's where our 1 Thessalonians context is, you might recall, all do with persecutions. And I may be wrong, but I think that in this country, at least at the moment, I can't really see that happening. So I want to change it a bit, to showing faithfulness and perseverance even when dying. Now, this is a difficult one, because none of us know the future, but with medical advances, we're generally living longer than perhaps we would have done once upon a time. Like yourselves, I've known many Christians who have known that they were in their last days, and I'm impressed with their steadfast belief in heaven. And I hope that will be my experience too. We may live longer, but we will all die at some point. And showing faithfulness and perseverance in our last days (coughs) will be a fantastic witness when we've gone. My final example is a bit different. It's a bit of a catch-all. Showing faithfulness and perseverance in what we're given. You might well be familiar with the passage in Matthew 25 when Jesus gives us the parable of the talents. That's only a parable, but the meaning is clear. Three people are given some money, and I think a talent um, nowadays would be worth several hundred pounds. I think it's quite a substantial amount of money. (coughs) Two of them use the money wisely, and one simply hides the coins. And Jesus is quite harsh to the one who does nothing with his money. Now, I know that a talent was a coin, but I don't think it's stretching it too much to also interpret it as a talent, in other words, one of our abilities. God doesn't just give us money. He gives us all sorts of abilities and talents. Are you using yours? You are? Great. Well done. Good and faithful 
servant. You're not? Then do something about it. I don't know the needs here, but I'm sure that the, the leaders, the deacons, whoever, would be delighted to be inundated with people saying, oh, it's not much, but I can do this. I can offer that. I can do the other. <clears throat> you might only start small, but as the parable says, if you're faithful in small things, then this will prepare you for the bigger things. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much more. Whatever, whatever your talents or ability, be it money, skills, attributes, show faithfulness, show perseverance in it. The church and the world will be a better place for it. So, where does that leave us? Hopefully, with a challenge. As I said earlier, if you're not challenged by at least one of these, then I'm really not sure what to say. And you might well be shell-shocked, assuming that the last few weeks you've also been told you've got to show love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, etc., etc. Isn't it a pity that being nice isn't on the list? Just as I don't think that anything fruits all year, so there are seasons in our life. Should we be faithful 100% of the time? Yes, of course. But if I want to be accused of one thing, it's, it's honesty. And none of us are always going to produce all the fruits all the time. We're only human. And sometimes we'll fail and need to ask for forgiveness and for more strength from the Holy Spirit. I sometimes think it's more out there in the world than in the church that we need faithfulness and perseverance. It's out there in the world. So, what have we covered? We started by reminding ourselves that one of the ways that we can tell if someone is a Christian or not is by the, the fruits they produce. And I use the example of our old damson tree. Today's fruit being faithfulness and perseverance. I then mentioned a number, I think it was nine challenges. Not a, not a definitive list, <coughs> but hopefully a relevant one. And we then reminded, ended by reminding ourselves of Jesus' parable of the talents. We all need to do our bit and offer whatever we can do in the Lord's service. Wouldn't it be great if, like that verse in Thessalonians, Paul and the others would thank God for people's faithfulness and perseverance? Thank you for listening. <laughs>